Sean is like, what have I gotten into? These are really deep life conversations. Sean is like, I'm just over here ready to talk about skincare, not about like your, your fertility calendar. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast today. We are happy to be talking all things skin, which if you listen to the episode, you know that Nina and I are really notoriously bad at um, taking care of our skin. <laughs> Pretty bad at it. Yeah. We have a lot of good habits. We have a lot of not-so-good habits. Skincare happens to be one of the not-so-good habits. Right. Um, we have talked to someone before where we got some, like, awesome tips, and now we have another expert that has a totally different view and totally different tips to offer So Shauna Cohen is a certified skincare therapist. She's located in Toronto, and she founded the Clean Beauty School, which is an online destination where you can learn skincare tips and tricks. You can shop if you're in Canada. She has products there and get personalized advice. So as a trusted skincare expert and like also museum worker, she's very versatile in her in her endeavors. Um, she inspires others to take a holistic approach to beauty and practice skincare sustainably um, through webinars, coaching, classes, all of that. We talk about some armpit issues that we have. We get real personal. We talk yeah, about, we've talked about our armpit issues a right. few times on the podcast. We also got into motherhood a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting to me just as, you know, we get older. There are things we need to know about that. We do talk about, you know, a lot of mothers, they struggle with their stretch marks and how they feel about those. Yeah, so we also talked a lot about pregnancy and how that changes your skin. That, of course, changes your hormonal makeup. So when it comes to acne, dark circles, pigmentation of the skin, stretch marks, all of the things that happen during pregnancy, she gives some practical tips and tools and things you can control and also like some of the things you just can't control and that are just going to happen because that is motherhood and women are amazing magical beings. Yes. And for the people who are not planning on getting pregnant or not pregnant, there's also lots of obviously really great just general skincare tips for you to follow and kind of cut through. I think there's a lot out there like you have to use 20,000 products that each do like one really specific thing and that's not really the case. So Right. We break it down and make it really simple what you should use and what's really going to help and like where all the BS is of skincare. Yeah. But before we get started, we just wanted to remind you all that we do have a Patreon account. We do. That you can contribute to help offset some of the hard costs of the podcast, but you also get exclusive deals and discounts from our guests, plus other swag mentions, things of that nature. So head on over if you want to check it out to patreon.com slash finding your shine podcast. There are several different levels. You can donate as little as $2 a month. Um, Every little bit does help us with some of those hard costs. And yeah, we appreciate your support as always and for listening. Thank you. Yeah. So we are going to hop into this episode talking all about skincare with Shauna. 
So today we are talking to Shauna Cohen, who is the owner of the Clean Beauty School. And we are excited to talk all about holistic ways to help with your skin. And we're even going to touch into pregnancy and skincare today. Because me and Liz, although we have not had our own children yet. It's in talks. It's for eventually yeah, one day. Exactly. You know what, Liz? <laughs> I actually gave Cody like a month. I was like, I was like, I don't know why I'm saying this on the podcast, but I was like, I Say want it. to talk about having a baby by like next December. And he was like, well, it's like a year away. But in my head, I've like picked a timeline. Because I'm turning— Wait, to start trying next December or like to give birth next December? Are you serious? Give birth by next December? That'd be insane. I'd have to get like pregnant now. Shauna's like, what have I gotten into? These are really deep life conversations. (laughs) Shauna's like, I'm just over here ready to talk about skincare, not about like your your fertility calendar. Pregnancy planning. It's, you know, it's... It's just, we go deep real quickly here on the podcast. But no, I mean, me and Liz, like, obviously we don't have our own children yet, but I think it's important to have those conversations because we obviously have listeners who are either pregnant or looking to get pregnant or have children. Um, And skincare is a big thing and changes like throughout your life and especially after you get pregnant. So we're going to touch on all of the things today. Um, So before we get started, would you mind just explaining to our listeners a little bit about who you are, how you even got into skincare um, and give us all the details? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, This sounds like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, my name is Shauna Cohen. I am a holistic skincare therapist um, based out of Toronto, uh, Canada. You got to throw that in, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I really skincare kind of came at me because of my own skin problems. So that often happens, I think. You know, you get into health or you get into whatever because um, something you're dealing with um, on your own. So uh, I would say it was, it's probably been about six years, maybe like tw- 2012 was really when I kind of got into it. And I was in my late twenties and all of a sudden experiencing what I would consider a major kind of hormonal breakouts. So it kind of came out of the blue because I was never on the birth control pill. Um, that's often like a problem, you know, people find once they come off or something, they might enter into these weird hormonal things. Um, but it wasn't that. It was just kind of, I, I have no answers. <laughs> I don't know why. It just but, happened. Yeah, it just happened. Is that like around 30 yeah. or there? Because I know I feel like everyone's like around 30, your period changes, or like yeah. literally everything <laughs> apparently just fall you apart. Just, you <laughs> so just turned 30 like... I did just oh, Like seven days ago. So is that something common like around that age? Like you just might have... Mm-hmm just because of hormonal shifts, like skincare issues start flaring up? I it, it, I definitely see it a lot more. It's like late 20s, 30s. You know, you think that you're out of um, that breakout stage in your teenage years. But really, I see in mm-hmm. like women in late 20s and 30s, like it's crazy what happens. Um, some of it is related to like birth control, but a lot of it, it was maturing. I know, um, you know, you guys probably deal with more hormonal, like internal stuff than I do, like but in terms of skincare, it's a very common thing. And so with myself, what I started seeing was not only like cystic breakouts. So that's really common for her hormonal. So like around the chin, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. deep, really deep, painful cysts and uh, pigmentation. So I, I 
got what you call a pregnancy mask. I wasn't pregnant at the time. Um, and that's really like, you might recognize it if you saw it. It's, it's also called like a butterfly mask. Um, I'm pointing at my, (laughs) you can't see when I'm pointing at, but I'm under the eyes, um, over the lip and it's just a darkening of skin. Yeah, why is it? Mm. Is there a reason why it's in those two places? Because I've seen it almost makes mm-hmm. women look like they have a mustache Must- yeah, because they yeah. get this dark pigment underneath their nose. Yeah, and I'm not actually sure the signs behind why it's those areas specifically, yeah. but it definitely generally happens. Yeah. Um, and so it's under the eyes, over the lip, sometimes more on the cheeks, depending. Uh, it happens a lot during pregnancy, but obviously in my case, is it could just be a hormonal related thing. Yeah. What happened to that pregnancy glow? Not pregnancy <laughs> fake mustache. I know, right? Like this, <laughs> I got the yeah. pregnancy fake. Yeah. I would be the one to get the pregnancy face mustache. Somebody's gonna be like, "You're glowy," and I'm gonna be like, "Shut up." <laughs> yeah, it, well, we can get into that. But my definitely like during my first pregnancy, I did not have that glow. That was um, I don't know who gets the glow, but I certainly did it. Um, but yeah, like so, I got into skincare because of this weird hormonal thing happening in my late twenties. Um, I had. I already started looking at my diet and thinking about eating a little bit more clean. You know, I had always, I think, eaten relatively healthy, but, you know, really getting into kind of following some of these holistic nutritionists who were um, popping up, you know. Um, and so when I started looking at that, I started realizing, oh, like the skincare that I'm using is kind of full of crap. <laughs> like yeah. You know, um, I was a big user of MAC. I loved MAC makeup. Um, and the products. So I started looking at, okay, how can I actually help what's going on with my skin? Got really into that. And that's when I started kind of my first blog, um, which was the first iteration, like three iterations ago in 2012. Nice. Yeah. And then I kind of further on started doing workshops, got really into it, wanting to um, not only just, I didn't want to just be a blogger. So I went back to school and got my certification to become a skincare therapist. So were you, what were you doing before that? What was your job before you just, I mean, and did you completely quit that? Are you still doing that? Is this your full time? Mm -hmm. How did that transition happen? Yeah, I'm, so I'm doing a major hard side hustle right now. Nice. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, my background is in uh, classical history and Italian. I wait time out. <laughs> I'm going to Italy in March, oh. so I might have to have a side conversation. Yeah, <laughs> in Italian. Yes, yeah. It's getting a little rusty, uh, but yeah, no. My I, I um, did the whole history uh, undergrad, and then I went to the reason I moved to Toronto uh, about ten years ago was I did my master's at U of T in museum studies. And you're just super wow. passionate about skincare as yeah. your, what do you call it? Like an intense side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, the, the goal is to uh, probably, you know, make that a full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for now, the like the museum job has been a really great um, place to be. And so it's allowed me to do, you know, because you're starting in a business, it's always a, a little bit... Uh, Sticky, you don't, yeah, don't want to draw. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah, they also advise like don't draw. Yeah, <laughs> right. As we both are starting our businesses, yeah. it's like we get it. Yeah, 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 totally. And and I've been able to adjust my schedule so I'm actually working part time at the museum. So that's really allowed me to um, to work more on on in the skincare side of things because that is really what I love to do. So here's my first question. 
and it mm-hmm. and it relates to like you were talking about you always thought you ate pretty clean and my first area that I always go to when it comes to acne or anything is like your gut health and that is what you're eating because your skin is one of the first signs about your internal health. Um, How much do you see like the food portion affecting skincare? And then how much do you find like using products affects your skin care and health routine? It's definitely, I would say... I'd say 50-50. Some a nutrition might say it's more than 50-50. Um, there, there are definitely cases when what you're using topically is going to affect what's happening on your skin. And so you kind of have to assess that out, whether it's, you know, there's just a product that's not agreeing with what you're using. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes when it comes to hormonal um, breakouts, which I'm seeing mostly in like the late 20s, 30s women, yeah, it's an internal thing. It's... Um, I definitely has to like for my my like um, example. I ended up going to a naturopath and uh, taking you know certain supplements and getting on um, you know making changes to my diet, mm-hmm. taking um, dim supplements. Uh, it's like a cruciferous, like taking a cruciferous vegetable type supplement. Yeah, that really helps your body metabolize the hormones. Which is interesting because cruciferous yeah. vegetables and me do not always get along. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you take it in the so, supplement, yeah, it's a that's bit easier a, than just eating a bunch of cabbage or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the it was the supplements first that really helped, um, and the and the dietary changes, you know, that really helped my skin first and foremost, and then changing the topical you know, making the topical adjustments also then further helped. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of where I'm at because I've done, I've done the nutritional changes. And I know that when I cut out dairy, it's the biggest change for me. I, it's like I eat cheese and my face breaks out. It's insane. And it happens like immediately. Um, and a lot of processed gluten will do the same. But when I cut those two things out, my skin looks and feels a lot better And then of course, stress. Like I know when I'm stressed, like I break out like crazy, but I also am not good at skincare. And me and Liz talked about this. Like we had a holistic beauty person on, I don't know, like weeks ago. And we both Mm -hmm. admit, like we are not great at skincare. I've gotten better since we recorded that episode. I like really haven't. (laughs) Still not good. I really haven't. And so I know that for me, it's time to move on and start using some products. But I'm just, I don't even know where to start. Like, I'm not sure what I need to use. I don't know, like, if it's safe. And so, yeah, yeah. So moving in that direction, like, where would you tell a newbie to start when it comes to using products now? Yeah, I know. That's like one of the main things because it, it's super overwhelming. And particularly because, you know, everyone's telling you a different thing. Yeah, for sure. And and then there's this whole thing about greenwashing. You know, it's the same with foods, but like greenwashing, whereas a product might say, oh, I'm totally clean and natural. And really it's just using those. But not really. Yeah. (laughs) So it's keywords. they don't have regulations. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with the, the way I I always begin, say like if I was doing a skincare consultation with someone and I kind of go through assessing their products, um, I first try to find, I, it's easiest to go kind of um, gentle, so kind of taking out the harsh ingredients first. I know this is like, it's, mm-hmm. there's no one right way to do it. Then this is why it is always helpful to have like someone to assist you mm-hmm. <laughs> because it can mm-hmm. be overwhelming. And like each case is really different. 
but but looking at the um there are a few things that kind of everybody should probably take out of their skincare routine which would be a harsh um ingredient so like if you're using a um a cleanser that's going to overstrip your skin so something that is containing um super foaming agents um anything that contains alcohol I even, even if you are acne prone, I say, you know, stay away from the benzoyl peroxides, salicylic acids. Um, ah, some of those that are just. acid, that's like the main thing everybody, <laughs> like that was my golden go to. It's like yeah. proactive. Oh my God. Yeah, proactive like number one. Was like the one yeah. thing that helped my face in high school. And my mom to this day will sometimes be like, Nina, why don't you just try proactive again? <laughs> I'm like, mom, I think it has really bad things in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is like, say like, for example, proactive, like the benzoyl peroxide, people get, um, your skin actually becomes uh, ad- almost addicted to it. Mm. And, and people have a really hard time getting off of these products. Uh, but what, what also it can do over time is it's really damaging your skin the the skin's protective barrier, which is your first defense against the environmental factors, bacteria, um, and why you get kind of super dry, flaky skin yeah. when you're trying to combat the acne. And uh, and so going gentle is really your best way because it's the same with um, kind of like I don't know if you've heard with your body skin um, not to over soak like not to soap up in your entire body because your skin actually knows what it's doing for the most part. Um, when it's in, when it's unbalanced, it's, there's something happening, like something's making it unbalanced. So right. oftentimes it's, we're overstripping it and we're not allowing it to really balance out the, the oils naturally. Um, sometimes yes, your hormones or things are going to overproduce like going to create um, an overproduction of oil, but oftentimes mm-hmm. it's the things that we're putting on our skin that are kind of, ruining that balance and and so your body's like oh you're stripping all my oil so i'm gonna overproduce mm-hmm. and you kind of create this kind of unbalanced like equilibrium so you want a really so going gentle is always your best bet um and it doesn't mean that you have to use like super um creamy and like oily things uh but staying away from yeah those harsh ingredients is your first line of defense i'd say Probably, I'm guessing, which I think they've been banned here, but I keep seeing them in things like microbeads. Like, yeah. are those bad? Well, um, the reason they're banned. I mean, I know they're bad yeah, from like a. Yeah, the reason they're banned is because they accumulate in the waters, but um, they're not necessarily like the microbeads themselves aren't bad. Um, you can definitely overexploit your skin, and that's going to mm. also affect the skin's kind of protective layer. Um, so, how often should one exfoliate? Because yeah. I feel like a face, like I've had like face scrubs and I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't do this every day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're supposed to use this sparingly. Yeah, there are more gentle ones that you could possibly do every day, but really a, a golden rule is like two to three times a week. Hmm. Yeah, that's like your, you know, every other day. Give your skin a break. Um, because with the over-exfoliation, with the over-cleansing, again, you're just kind of tampering with the skin's natural process of, you know, trying to protect itself. With over-cleansing... Yeah. Well, I guess what's normal cleansing? Twice a day, once in the morning and once at night? I actually or once often, a day? I recommend really only once a day for the most part. And um, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day? End of day. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm really <laughs> bad. I just got into like a really good routine. With, this is going to sound silly, but like brushing and flossing my teeth and like oil pooling. Yeah. Because you have back... It, 
and this is why I cannot fathom why I haven't translated this to my face, but bacteria is the issue. And so we have a microbiome in our gut. We have it in our ears. We have it in our mouth. So it's so important to brush, floss, tongue scrape, oil pool, all of these things. I Wait, what is oil pool? When you swish coconut oil, or you can even use sesame oil in your mouth and it pulls all of the toxins into the oil and you spit it out. It's really good for you. It's an Ayurvedic practice. I recommend it to my clients all the time when they're detoxifying and just like, in general. And naturally whitens the teeth too. Yeah, it does. And so I'm thinking to myself, I clearly have bacteria. You can even see, I have this like reoccurring guy right here under my eye. And then I have spots on my chin. And I don't know why I don't think about like getting the bacteria off my face at night. But it is better at night than versus the morning. Yeah. I mean, the reason I say, and, and this is general, like, skincare for say a teenager is very different than say, but we're talking mostly like your audience, my clientele is really like- They're not teenagers. We're like 20 plus, Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, So for the most part, uh, cleansing once a day is sufficient because, and at the night, so at the end of the day, because uh, you're cleansing off all of your makeup, which is very important. um, You have been out and about, you know, environmental pollution and just like a bunch of stuff happening. I'm sweat, all that, you know, you're getting all that grime out. So that's super important um, to, to just cleanse at nighttime. And um, in the morning you can tone or you can use a, like a floral hydrosol or something to refresh the skin, but you don't necessarily have mm-hmm. to scrub it again because you know, you've just been sleeping. You know, sometimes, you, you know, if you feel like you're super oily, um, you can cleanse, but Really, I say, especially if you're having trouble with uh, dryness and um, kind of creating a good balance um, for your skin's oil production, stick to just once a day. And um, that's usually the best thing. I have a question that I should know the answer to, but I just Wait, Liz, can you ask that in two seconds? I have to get a bone for Jackson because he's banging (laughs) on things in the living room. And this is a good pause because I tried to do it with my (laughs) headphones on and okay, I'll be right back. To get a bone for my dog. Where's my dog? Not being annoying for once. <laughs> Do you have pets at all? I don't actually. Yeah, I, I have a two year old, so that's not. Yeah, that's, yeah. a little <laughs> more. Give you another baby. <laughs> boy or girl? Uh, boy, two year old boy, and another boy on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I secretly want all boys. If I get a girl, I mean, I'll live, but I'll be like, I know. I kind of wanted a girl first, but I'm really loving the boy thing. So I like always imagine, I always want like a boy first, but then when I imagine it, I imagine myself raising a young child girl, a young girl child. (laughs) I was like, I hope you're raising a young child, not like an old man. (laughs) Um, Okay. Sorry. Um, I fixed the issue. No, you're good. So, I'm curious, I know people, like, if you read anything, it's like, if your skin's oily, if your skin's dry, I literally can't tell what my skin is. I'm like, it just feels like skin to me. (laughs) Like, I can't, like, I'm afraid, I'm like, should it feel like sandpaper or like coconut oil? Like, I don't know how it's supposed to feel. (laughs) I'd say most people, uh, they're, they don't actually know their skin type because uh, we've like used, the products that we're using maybe aren't actually good like we don't actually have healthy skin i know that i'm not saying you know, your health your skin is necessarily unhealthy i'm sure i don't but, but when it's when it's not at its right state it is hard to figure out what what's going on um and really the skin type is only referring to your skin's um natural production of oil 
for them. So, you know, you have your oily skin, you have your dry skin, and you have your combinations in, which is pretty much everybody falls under that. Uh, I was going to say, I'm like, maybe I'm combination. Yeah. I feel like my my forehead's really oily. And so... Don't have bangs, don't know why. What happens often is, so then you have, you throw in, so you have your natural, your body's natural oil production, which kind of determines what bucket you fall into. But then there's these skin conditions, which which is Mm. what happens based on the products we're using, the environment that we live in, that sort of thing. So I would say the most common thing I often see is that people are, um, tend to be yeah, combination. You're not necessarily too oily. You're not necessarily too dry, but uh, dehydrated. So, oh, I'm definitely yeah. probably dehydrated. And an easy way to check this is really to uh, I have like a few different kind of video tests. Um, you can link if you want, that, yeah. and it, it and it's able to. You can kind of like test to see if you fall under these categories. But if you like look, if you lift your the skin on your cheek and look in the mirror. And if you have little crisscross lines... <laughs> We're both like lifting our <laughs> skin right now. <laughs> It'd be hard to see if you don't have like a mirror right in front of you. But if you oh. kind of like... And, and if you have little crisscross lines, I'm not talking about wrinkles, but you can tell mm. they're little lines. And also if your cheeks are rough or your forehead's a bit rough, hmm. that those are kind of two main indicators that your skin might be a bit dehydrated. I think well, mine is. Yeah. Um, we're both. If people could see us right now, we're like mas- <laughs> we're like literally <laughs> just touching and massaging our, face. our faces. <laughs> and, I mean, really, like the you know, people often get confused with the difference between dry skin and dehydrated skin. And the main difference, well, as I said, is dry skin is really the amount of oil that your skin naturally produces, whereas anyone could be dehydrated. So you could be you could tend to be oily but still dehydrated, and that's mm-hmm. when you really find you might have an oily forehead. And an oily nose, but your cheeks are super dry because your your skin is kind of out of balance That's and it doesn't me. know, yeah. you know, it's overproducing oil in, in certain areas to try to compensate for that dehydration. Hmm. So yeah. So the main thing for dehydrated skin is really imparting more uh, water moisture. Is Not that just as, drinking more water or does that also come with products? Well, I mean, sure. Internal hydration is important, but by the time that that water makes it through your system to all its vital organs... It's really not going to make it to the the top layers of your skin, you know. Mm. It, mm-hmm. And and because we live in like uh, both of us live in you know colder temperatures, definitely for parts of the year, the skin it's it's so prone to the environment. It, yeah. You know, so water evaporation is pretty common. So what would we use mm. to then hydrate our skin? So the best thing that you could do really is using like a water soluble serum. Mm. So not to be confused with some oil, like mixtures are called serums these days. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you want something that's going to actually impart that water hydration. So a lot of them are made with, say, like a hyaluronic acid, which um, attracts a thousand times its weight in moisture. So things, humectants, stuff that's going to attract moisture, um, impart that moisture. And that's something that you put on immediately after you cleanse. Mm. And then the key after that is really adding um, products that are going to lock everything in. So that's when you'd put on your moisturizer or your oils. How long do you wait? Like, I feel like I'm really bad about, like, I wash and then it's just like, boom, boom, boom. I feel like I need to, like, wait, like, give some time between when I put on, like, a serum and then a moisturizer. And what's, like, the... Not necessarily. You're actually... Time you know, you don't want to wait too long because... So when you wash your skin and you, like, say if you let the water just evaporate, it's going to also pull out any existing moisture in the skin as well. So you do want to put on your products pretty much right away. Yeah. 
And you always want to plan yeah. it that way. <laughs> so you're, you're an expert because uh, <laughs> you want to be putting it on damp skin. Oh, yeah. Because okay. if you think like, was, uh, you know, like a wet sponge absorbs more water than a dry sponge. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's like how your skin, you really want to kind of do this layering. Yeah. What's the lineup of products? Is it like a cleanser and then a lotion? Like, in the, I don't know. What is the lineup? So if you're going to do like a full gamut, you would do, yeah, cleanser, toner. Don't use that. I always see it and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Don't into that. Such a bad I'll, I'll get into that girl. Like cleanser, toner, <laughs> serum, moisturizer, oil. Oh boy, I gotta oh. get on it. That's <laughs> but that's way like, more that's, than I currently that's kind use. Of like, I mean, some who someone who wants everything. Uh, I the, feel like I should yeah. want everything. <laughs> like I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm not getting any younger, so I probably should start start taking care of yeah. my yeah. skin. And the rule is going lightest to heaviest. Okay. Them. Uh, but say, okay, toners are a big thing that people don't know what to do with. And I, I understand. I mean, the reason they came out with toners. So back in the day when the French, French were really like the, um, I'd say the grandfathers of skincare lines, you know, in the spa and these French lines, they, a lot of times they created their products to have a different pH for each product. And so your toner was there to really balance your skin's pH level, which is, should be around like a 5.5. Now, skincare products like these days don't actually, they shouldn't be altering your pH too much. And so you don't really need a toner necessarily to, you know, get your pH back to balance. Um, a lot of times, say in the natural skincare world, toners are used more just for hydration sometimes for calming the skin. They're often just made with floral, like flower waters. So like a rose water, or um, orange blossom water, things like that, that are infused with some essential oils that feel really nice, that help prep the skin to absorb more, more, more moisture. More, 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 more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Lots of M's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I always say, and someone, people might agree, disagree with me on this, but toners are probably the last thing you would need. I think mm. it's one of those products that they feel really nice and they're good, especially if you're not cleansing in the morning to kind of refresh the skin. But so um, what would be your go-to? Like if you were going to say, pick these three things <coughs> to do on your nightly yeah. facial routine, what would they yeah. be? Cleanser, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most people, you can get away with a creamy cleanser and oil cleanser, um, which is nice and gentle and cleanses skin, but won't overstrip it. I would say serum and moisturizer. Got it. Yeah, those are really the three. Now, what about eye makeup remover? Because I feel like that's something probably pretty harsh, right? I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I just get... don't know what they're made out of. Because sometimes they stay, like those conventional ones really sting my eyes, which I think they're not supposed to. Supposed yeah, to, yeah I they're like for the eyes. I like yeah. the Burt's Bees ones. I don't know yeah. if it's... It, it's like 98% natural. Yeah. I don't know what the 2% is, but yeah. they, do, they do fine for me. I just use yeah. insensitive wipes. But again, yeah. I don't know if that's good for my face or not. I mean, the the best thing you could probably use is oil. Uh, the Just don't use coconut oil because there's certain oils that are just too rich for the eye area. And you might get those. Uh, have you ever gotten those uh, clogged white head? Like the, they're called milia. And you can't actually extract them on your own. So you might see some people have these little bumps around their eyes. Mm. And um, that's often caused because the 
the eye products that they're using or the, say they're using uh, oil that's too rich for their eyes is actually clogging those pores and because the pores around your eyes are, are a lot smaller and finer I than I feel food. some bumps under my eyes, but I've never noticed that. <gasps> what no. if it's that? <laughs> Maybe it's the Burt's Bees. <laughs> um, but like a, like a one, I don't know, basic oil you could use is like a sweet almond oil or um, something like that. But there are definitely more gentle formulated eye, like eye remo- uh, makeup removers. I just mm. would stay away from some of those the conventional ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in them. Yeah. Have Yeah, that's what I use is like the you know, mystery liquid yeah. that I put on a <laughs> mystery ball liquid, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Coco Kind products? Uh no, I haven't actually. Uh, maybe sounds familiar, but, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I use a cleanser from Coco Kind and it's like coconut oil based and some other stuff it's mm-hmm. all natural and I use it it's the only thing I've ever used that's never made my face worse so hmm. that's good I guess but it's all I do and I usually yeah. do it like what I have it in the shower so I usually like you know take it off in the shower yeah. and sometimes at night I use it so I'm wondering like what else because your products for example you only mm-hmm. ship in Canada so mm-hmm. do you have any products for us here in the US that we can go to that might be good to get our three-step system? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many brands out there that are really, really good. Um, so the brands, and a lot of the, a lot of the brands I do actually carry, you can find in, in the U.S. Um, they oh, are cool. a lot of them local Toronto brands, but uh, Province Apothecary is one. That's a really great one. You can find it, um, say, at the Detox Market or I think Credo. Some I've of never those heard of either like, of those places. No? Oh, they're no. like, they're, they're pretty popular at natural beauty stores uh, based out of LA and New York. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, I know there's definitely in New York and LA. So, uh, but uh, Province Apothecary would be one. Um, I can send, I can give you a, like a list of some, you know, examples. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's do yeah. that. Because then yeah. we can, we can like link it in the show notes or like send it to our listeners. Also, I'm really curious because I feel like I've, this is, since this is our second conversation talking about this. I'm feeling like super inspired. Also today I was getting my hair cut and I looked at my face and I was like, I'm sagging. Like it was like the first time I thought about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 30 this year and it's happening. And so I just, is that what a toner's for? I know you said that's not important, but like, yeah, I just feel like my skin is starting to sag. And to be honest, I've never had good skin. So I wonder if that's why I don't, I've given up almost. I'm like, well, I've never had really good skin. So it's just not in the cards for me. So yeah, like I'm just looking for products to help at this Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and there's, there's definitely, uh, you know, certain brands that are great, but I would say in general, once you find, once you start using more natural products that actually use those plant-based ingredients, um, those plant-based oils, you actually notice a difference in your skin right away because it's almost like using whole, um, sorry, consuming empty calories versus whole foods, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I always equate this. So like, there's some products out there that may not necessarily harm your skin. Um, and we're not even talking about, you know, the, the there is controversy over, you know, like the chemicals and how much your skin actually absorbs. But I'm talking just specifically at like the condition of your skin. And when you're using, say, a mineral oil, which might lock in moisture, but it's not actually going to be imparting those really rich fatty acids 
and the, the vitamins that you're going to mm-hmm. get from, say, an argan oil or a sea buckthorn oil. So that's really when you see a huge difference in the condition of your skin. And when you, you start to, like, I really focus on healthy skin. How do you get healthy skin? Um, because you, we're all going to age unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's getting your skin to that healthy condition where it is properly hydrated and moisturized. And you're, you're, you're going to have that soft, supple kind of dewy, you know, feeling, and it's not going to be dry and flaky and dehydrated and crusty. <laughs> oh, crusty skin. He wants that. <laughs> I have noticed in, since I've been taking care of my skin a little better lately, it's still not good. And I feel like in the last week I've slept in my makeup oh. several times, which is bad. <laughs> I get really tired though. Um, I'm just like, it's time to go to bed right Same. now. But I've noticed like my makeup looks better. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to wear as much makeup mm-hmm. to have my skin look good. Like I have naturally, because um, my mom has it, like it's it's not rosacea. It's just like flushed skin. Um, And so I've often like put on like a ton of makeup and I find that the better I take care of my skin the less I have to do that. And I feel like it's like a cycle because then I'm like putting less stuff on my face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, you know, one of the key components. And that's why you see a lot of these makeup artists now getting into uh, natural skincare for their clients is because it's the base. It's not, you know, once you have, if you actually have healthy, comfortable, you know, really good skin naturally, you don't actually have to cover it up too much. Yeah, there's and, so much less that you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And I found like, so this pregnancy... Oh, I've had my first pregnancy. I had I had really bad hormonal breakouts, um, but this one, this pregnancy, I've just had some weird pigmentation stuff, dryness, really uneven skin tone. So I feel like I'm wearing way more makeup, and even though I'm wearing a lot more makeup, I still don't feel like it, my skin looks great. You know, because it's just. I actually was just thinking. Oh, your skin same. Looks great. Yeah, yeah, I was like, her skin Before is so nice. <laughs> There's a video screen. <laughs> The blurred lines, but um, no, like it, it, it's the same. It's, I prefer my skin much more when I don't actually have to, when I can just wear, say, a tinted sunscreen with a little bit of, you know, concealer or something. And I feel like I look better than when I'm just caking on that foundation trying to cover everything up. I feel like everybody does. Like the less makeup they wear. I've not, I've been wearing a lot less makeup mainly because I've just been lazy. And so I'm just doing like a concealer, sometimes bronzer, mascara and eyeliner. Like that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is great. But then other times I know, like, I just want my skin to be more, na- to be more even. And I honestly feel like, yeah. I don't you think we're going towards more natural now? It seems like it to me. Oh, yeah. Like women are definitely wearing less makeup. So that's just even another push to make sure that your skin is at a good place. I love place. that it's in right oh, now. Too. I'm like, yeah. keep that trend up. Yeah, let's yeah. sure keep that trend up. Yeah, absolutely. And the older you get, the more makeup you wear. Like it looks... I know older women generally wear more makeup, but it actually looks mm-hmm. worse because you're getting more wrinkles and it's get, looks yeah. not cakey. And, yeah, it's you know, like yeah. stuck in there. And, so yeah. when it comes to... Can we talk Sorry. about old... <laughs> we both have so many questions. Um, I wanted to ask about eyes. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know, like, under eye... I feel like I've always had dark under Same. eyes. Yeah. I feel like, is that... Can that be a genetic thing? Can you just genetically have darker skin Yeah, absolutely. There? Yeah, so this, like, under eyes is really one of those major things where if you read posts like get rid of your under eye circles or you know buy this product it's gonna Mm -hmm. it's a load of it's 
a load of crap because it's not <laughs> like it's good to know <laughs> the uh, so under eye circles generally are caused by two main things which would be yes genetics so you darn might just, genetics <laughs> you might just happen to have um, you know the capillaries like the blood vessels underneath your eye just might be closer to the surface um, your skin tone you know helps like it determines how dark those circles are uh, also the the shape so like I have a really deep inset underneath my eye. So naturally it just kind mm-hmm. of looks like ever since I've, you know, three years old, I've had dark circles mm-hmm. under my eyes. Um, yeah. So that plays into it. And then also diet. So, um, you know, dehydration, there's sort of internal factors that could play if you, if that's the problem. But I would say most often it's just a genetic thing. Um, obviously, oh, mm-hmm. the third thing obviously is lack of sleep. So yes. <laughs> like oh, yeah. the last few weeks I have not been sleeping and uh every morning I was like can they get darker like this is crazy like how is this possible it's like a game <laughs> I remember I, right before I call it my big body breakdown like when I was doing a thousand quadrillion things and like my body hated me like right before I had my huge like breakdown um my circles under my eyes were so bad and I remember waking up and being like you look dead and I had one of my students was like, Miss, because it was Miss Testa at the time. They're like, Miss Testa, are you really tired? Your <laughs> eyes look so dark. And I was like, Yeah, student, I am. Like, it was like noticeable to other people. <laughs> and so I know that, like, the impact of sleep. And then I've also significantly changed my diet and my under eyes have been a lot better. But sometimes I just put a little concealer there and it just oh, yeah. helps lighten it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like so, the 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 number the two the two things that you could do for under eyes, uh, besides getting sleep, uh, changing your genetic makeup and mm-hmm. um, your diet, easy peasy. Are, uh, definitely, obviously, concealer is the number one thing that you could possibly always do. But uh, you can use some creams that have some caffeine in them, and I say this is one of the especially for puffy eyes. It works a little, not as well for dark circles, but for puffiness particularly, anything with caffeine will help uh, reduce that swelling under the eye. And so that is like an ingredient in eye cream that I think is a really good good one to have. Does it translate if you drink it? That might make it worse, actually. Yeah, Uh, I feel like that would just like increase your cortisol which will then just like mess up your sleep and which will then just make your eyes worse and more tired i was really hoping to justify my like two (laughs) coffee beverages i had the other like lattes i had the other day (laughs) in one day i have a question on facials Mm -hmm. how so i've never had a facial and Ooh. I feel like that's a thing that needs to happen too. Uh, how important are those? And what do they do exactly? And do they use harsh products? These are all the things that I'm worried about. I like yeah. want to go get a facial, but I also want to be like, can you not put chemicals on my face? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you want to find a obviously a spa that you trust that has really great natural products. Yeah. Um, and that will avoid those because some of those spa lines are terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I know. I'm. That's awful. the thing. I yeah. like look and see what people use. I'm like, um, that yeah. can't be good for me. Yeah, no, they're like, they're super, um, I don't know, just, yeah, fragranced and bleh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. full of all sorts of things. But the, um, for a facial, you can go your whole life and not have one and it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say you're missing out because I personally, well, be, not only because I give facials, but also because I 
I love receiving them. They are really, they feel really, really good. Yeah. Um, if you like being touched, some people hate being I'm like massage my ass every day. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So I'd say for someone who has, who has you know, doesn't have a particularly um, specific skin concern, you know, a facial, if you really want to just treat yourself to say a deep clean, you know, it'd be like having someone come into your house for a deep clean, just to kind of get it to ground zero, you know, to like yeah. ground yes, zero please. again. Um, once a season would be, you know, sufficient, even twice a year, mm-hmm. especially with like when the seasons are changing. Um, and, you know, you get a really good exfoliation, something a little bit deeper than what you might be able to do at home because a lot of times... Do they hurt? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> this sounds terrible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this sounds like it could be painful. Like- it, it depends on what you're getting, obviously, but... Uh, a lot of spa products have um they are a little bit stronger than say what you can use at home um, because they are being administered by a professional. And if you just wanted that seasonal deep clean, you can go for say a gentle like a chemical peel. It sounds terrible because it has chemical in it, but it's really just alpha hydroxy acids, say uh, made from dairy, like lactic acid or a fruit enzymes. And they might be a little bit stronger um, than what you could use at home. Um, also like, or like a microderm abrasion, which sounds also awful, but mm-hmm. it's really not super invasive and that will kind of help a really nice, um, just kind of slough off all the dead skin cells, say after a long winter and get your skin kind of back mm-hmm. to, to that, um, yeah. normal level. Yeah. I feel like that's what I should do. A little spring cleaning for the yeah, face. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And winter cleaning. We are changing but seasons. be prepared. You tw- might yeah. tend to break out after. Yeah. Just so, because it's getting all the stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And it depends on if they are going to do extractions or things like that. Um, hmm. But yeah. Um, but then if you do you have like specific concerns, say like acne prone or something, you could, you know, you would want to go more for a regular treatment. Got it. Every, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling like a, a need to mm-hmm. whip myself into shape hair. Yeah. Yeah. Find a nice natural like, spa and go for it. Yeah. I know one, Nina, that you can Where? go to because Penzone, don't they do? I don't know if they're natural or not, but no. I'll check. I'll have to check. Um, I want to talk about babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten not- there yet. <laughs> yeah. Because since Nina's planning on having a baby Clearly. in December of next yeah. year. <laughs> Let's put that out into the universe. Please, like, Cody's going to listen to this and be like, you literally told thousands of people that <laughs> we're having a baby in December. And be like, it was just a joke. Okay. So, first of all, like, how does your skin... Obviously, lots of stuff changes when you have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming your skin is also one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Be, but like pre-baby and post-baby, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's really related to hormones. You know, everything comes down to hormones. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all about I hormones. I know, That's yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know all about the hormones. I'm yeah. hoping that mine like are better during pregnancy, but we'll see. They could be. I mean, you never know. This is the thing. So there is hormonal and there's also this kind of, you get a lot more blood flow happening. Um, so some people tend to be, more sensitive, maybe more rosy and red. Their skin tone tends right. to be a little more uneven. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hormonal breakouts are super common. So my during my first pregnancy, I had just, you know, I couldn't, 
that I just kept getting hormonal breakouts and I couldn't do anything about it. You know, normally if that was, if I wasn't pregnant, I would do something more internal to help curb that. Right. But yeah. you can't because that's the whole point. Um, those hormones are there for a reason. So you kind of just have to topically treat them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not like, there's only so much you can do. But um, you're like birthing a human. So yeah, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with the acne for Does, a hot second. Yeah, exactly. nine months. Are there, <laughs> yeah. are there topical yeah. things you can't, I guess you wouldn't want, want to put anything topical on your face at this, that's this bad anyway, but like, does any, what impacts the baby? Mm. Like if I put something on my skin, does the baby absorb yeah. it? I don't know how pregnant well, no, she that, I mean, So that's like the main concern because, uh, you know, people, so I, I've done a lot of research on this and because during my first pregnancy too, I was always, you know, I was so paranoid. Like everything I put on my skin is going to affect the baby. One of the, the, the main things in say natural skincare that you'd be concerned about would be essential oils. Mm. Um, and you can be super cautious. And, you know, I've spoken to aromatherapists about this and, and they generally say, okay, just avoid, to be super cautious, avoid essential oils, particularly in the early stages of pregnancy. But really there are very few essential oils that could do super like actual damage to the baby. Um, and, and those would be something you'd be consuming. So through the skin, you know, we have this... Um, we don't actually absorb as much as we think. Uh, the thing with essential oils, though, is it does have a very small molecular size. And so they do get absorbed quite easily. I think nobody obviously wants to test on babies. Like, yeah, right. In yeah. So <laughs> right. there's not a lot of research to quantify you know, whether these concerns are legitimate or not. Um, that's the problem. So everybody kind of errs on the side of caution. Like, um, the other thing with essential oils was just like the scent. You know, so it, when you're mm-hmm. pregnant, like scent is really strong. Mm-hmm. So it might mm-hmm. just make you feel nauseous or um, things like that. But there are certain ingredients, say like um, acne medications that you do definitely want to avoid. Uh, they're like Accutane, oh, I know. Dear, is a yeah, big no-no. Yeah, big no-no. Well, I think, <laughs> ugh, yeah. In general, yeah, I think it's kind they of actually a scary enforce, thing. Like they make you go on birth control before you take that. Just oh to make my sure. gosh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why would, yeah, that yeah. sounds so unhealthy. Like, why yeah. would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, that's just a terrible, terrible drug. But, um, you know, in the certain ingredients, um, they say, you know, to a kind of avoid salicylic acid, there's certain ingredients that you might just want to um, avoid temporarily, you know, during pregnancy because they could um, absorb through. But really, all those products that you're supposed to be avoiding anyway, I don't actually advocate for your skin. Right. So, you know, it's not going to do, they're not good for your skin anyway. So um, avoid them. So then after you have the baby and mm-hmm. say you, your face gets worse, then it's like, mm-hmm. let's go back to all the natural things we were talking about and possibly, yeah, yeah just, I mean, it, that's what you, that's all you can do, right? Is yeah. then use you some can, of these topical treatments. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can hope for, um, like, during my first, breastfeeding hormones were fantastic for my skin. 
you can always hope that helps. <laughs> I hear breastfeeding hormones are like the shit. Like they, people are like, oh my gosh, I've lost so much weight. Not that we advocate weight loss on this podcast because we don't, but they'll be yeah. like, yeah, there's like the baby weight and then my skin. I've and, also heard it kind yeah, of Yeah, I've hurts, also heard horse which I'm not looking forward like, to it. I've heard wonderful yeah. things about it and not yeah. also terrible things. Yeah, it is, a, it's, it is crazy. Yeah, it is like a whole nother because you're thinking, okay, I just like, nine months, we're done pregnancy. And then you're like, oh, now I'm breastfeeding. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's certain things you you can't eat while you're breastfeeding. And there's certain things that you want to avoid as well using. But topically you are, since the baby's not actually in you anymore, um, topically you are a little bit, I think, safer, you know, Mm -hmm. ingredients. Um, One thing, one product that I've used this pregnancy that has helped immensely because I still would get kind of some breakouts is um it's called Zyderma. It is a product here out of Toronto, but it uses micro silver. And um it has a big molecular weight. So there is um there's a low risk of it actually absorbing into the skin or into the body. And uh it helps it's um antibacterial naturally. And so it can really help those curb those breakouts. And I found that's been one of the more effective um products. Interesting. Um, so there are, you know, there's certain things you can use to really help. But yeah, it's it's, it's a tricky It just time. happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pregnancies, like the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah. Like there's yeah, always exactly. both, like horror yeah. stories and wonderful love stories. Yeah. And then with say like the pigmentation, a lot of it will go away. Um, obviously using sunscreen during your pregnancy is a huge thing because if you're more prone to the hyperpigmentation and then when you're near the sun, it's going to make it even worse. Mm-hmm. So a religious mm-hmm. kind of application of sunscreen is important, especially if you're pregnant during the summer. But afterwards, if you do still have, say, like the melasma or the pregnancy mask that I was talking about, there are treatments you could do, say, like a, an intense pulse light therapy. So that's like called IPL. And it would be something that you'd have to go to like a cosmetic dermatologist or, um, you know, a... Uh, more professional to do, but it can. Mm-hmm. So there's certain treatments you can um, to get light. They definitely cost more money, and you have to be very vigilant about um, keeping, you know, wearing sunscreen afterwards. Because once you have pigmentation, it will always come back. Mm. I wonder. I hope that so. There's happen. yeah, but like naturally, now, topically, about, you could use say like vitamin C. What about there's, almond oil? Wait, is that not for skin? <laughs> I think that's for bruises. I no. honestly, all I've oh. heard is like almond oil helps bruises. Well, like bruises. sweet almond oil, it won't, it won't do a whole lot. Good to know. Yeah. I loved the silence. What about almond oil? Crickets. Crickets. That's amazing. So don't to, use almond oil. Well, no, it's fine. I mean, it's not, it's not, I would say there's um, far better oils that are like richer in fatty acids and vitamins and things yeah. that actually do more for your skin. It's good for uh, um, removing eye makeup, as we had said earlier. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it in there. What about yeah. stretch marks? Stretch marks. Yeah. That's another thing like and under eye circles where don't believe all the claims. Um, not because. gonna happen. Like basically, you're like that sorry to crush your hopes and dreams, but you're gonna have eye circles and you're going to have stretch marks it's and bad skin during pregnancy. Sorry, yeah. this has been a very helpful podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the for stretch marks again, mainly genetic. Um, the something about your body's composition that just determines. Okay, I'm gonna you know create these stretch marks more than the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you do gain an exorbitant amount of weight, that does obviously accentuate your chances of getting stretch marks. 
So mm-hmm. keeping your weight down helps for sure. Like not underweight, but just like a normal weight for pregnancy. Uh, but genetically, so creams aren't going to do a whole lot, unfortunately. Uh, they can help. They can help your skin feel more comfortable because um, you do get itchy and. But they're not actually really going to prevent chef marks, unfortunately. You know that it's one of those things where you, you you keep putting the creams on just in case. Yeah, you like, like hope, right. yeah, and hope that it's going to help, and maybe to an extent it does a little bit. But stretch marks are are at a very deep level um, of your skin. And so topically what you're applying isn't really going to do a whole heck of a lot. So what, so can you do anything? Man. I think there are some internal things you could possibly do. I know I read something from a naturopath recently about kind of helping internally. I mean, I would say keep up with the creams. I def, I exfoliate my skin regularly as well. So like I use a, um, a sugar scrub. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. every, or every other night or so on my belly, um, you know, and it helps, it does help, you know, with the skin kind of sloughing off the dead skin cells, um, minor pigmentation, maybe minor, um, stretch marks, but yeah, those really deep stretch marks, um, nothing is going to help if, if they're going to happen. So embrace your womanhood is what yes. we're saying. Yes. Like embrace. <laughs> yeah. All but, this is about embracing the hormonal changes. Yeah. I mean, afterwards though, it's so, so if they're white, um, those are really old. Those are stretch marks that uh, are kind of they white or silver. They're old, and you really there's not a whole lot you can do. If they're still red, there is hope that um, they can be faded. Mm. So you could help um, maybe vitamin C glycolic acid. So exfoliating with uh, glycolic or um, glycolic, yeah, glycolic is probably the best. So that can help a little bit with the pigmentation. Um, so afterwards, if you do say you have red marks, you could try to exfoliate, um, slather on with vitamin E or some really fatty acid rich oils like uh, sea buckthorn um, that are high and in vitamin. And not almond oil. Not almond <laughs> oil. But you can also check out um, with a dermatologist there are maybe some, again, like an intense pulse light therapy that could potentially help with it. But yeah. It's, Things uh, to keep in mind for December, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But those, I don't know why yeah. like skink or um, stretch marks don't bother me. Like when I think about them, I'm like, dang it. I would have given birth to a human. Like I don't yeah. even care. Like that's, they're fine. That's yeah. really, I mean, some of those pictures are pretty, like on Instagram, those, uh, those embrace your tiger stripes. Have you mm-hmm. seen those hashtags? Pretty crazy. Some of those, uh, the stretch marks that women get. Yeah. And, yeah, if you can embrace them. Why get a yeah. tattoo when you can just birth a baby and get some, yeah. get some stripes? Stri- like, I know. I think it's so cool that we're leaning towards like embracing these imperfections. So like, I, mm-hmm. it's all about embracing our imperfections, but also like when it comes to acne and things like that. Of course, we want to just we want to take care of our skin. So yeah. it's like, how do we yeah. do both? Like, embrace what's going on mm-hmm. and know that these hormonal changes are going to maybe promote some of these things happening. But then, what can we do? to help nourish yeah. and heal our body as well through food and through some of these topical treatments. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I really advocate like this whole healthy skin, right? And, yeah. And what it means to have healthy skin versus flawless skin. There's no yeah. reason to have flawless skin. Right. Unless right. you're like, I don't know, some sort of genetic goddess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or have flawless yeah. skin. Um, natural. I only have one natural deodorant that works for me mostly. It's Piper. Oh, Piper, Piper Y? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
because I was using Schmitz, which made this horrible, disgusting rash in my armpit with like pimples. Yeah. Awful. I remember you showed me a picture of it. And then they tricked me. No, remember we were in a yoga treat and they were at retreat and they were all dark. And I was like, we were doing partner work and I was like raising my arms and I told her about it. And she was like, mm, yeah, you may want to no, she was like, you listen, do my armpits look okay? Like her arms were stretched up. And I was like, um, <laughs> I'm being completely honest. There might be something you need to address in your underarm region. <laughs> but um, anyway, Schmitz tricked me because they had... So I'd used the Piper Y, but I ran out of it. So I got Schmidt's charcoal, which did not make my armpits break out. For three weeks, they tricked me, and then all of a sudden, it was back in full force. So I, I find out they, I found out they sell Piper Y at GNCs, which is right by. Oh, me. they so do. I've been getting That's it cool. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, like, what's is that common for? Or I just also have sensitive skin, so it just might be like, yeah. I'm the weirdo. Yeah, that is probably one of the more common things about starting to use a natural deodorant. Um, besides just it terribly failing for some people and then they never want to use a natural deodorant again. <laughs> um, there's yeah. a few reasons. But for the um, to address the terrible rashes, that is really baking soda f- um, for the most part. So baking soda is extremely alkaline. And as I said before, like our, our skin's natural pH is about 5.5. And so when you're putting something really alkaline onto the skin, depending on your skin type, it could really just um, throw it off, creating those really itchy, terrible rashes. The, so there are uh, natural deodorants that don't contain baking soda, which uh, make a big difference. So one of my favorite brands is Meow Meow Tweet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a fun name. It's one of those hipster brands out of Brooklyn. And uh, the yeah, so that one's really good. And, and they, they make a, one, a couple maybe now that don't contain baking soda. They use a magnesium something um, that kind of takes its place. So the baking soda is there really to kind of like offset the odor and the, you know, that sort of thing. But with natural deodorant, I, I find like one of the biggest things... So I started using a natural drink like a Tom's of Maine or a Jason's. Mm-hmm. And like Neither fail- of those work for me. No, like, yeah, failing terribly, right? Yeah. And so I, th- I find a lot of people might start with those kind of sticks and realize like, okay, this sucks because yeah. now I smell. And Why are those friends- still in yeah. like Whole Foods and Fresh Time? Like they clearly don't yeah. work. How are yeah. they still selling? Like I nobody, <laughs> I've never heard anyone that's like, I've used Tom's and Jason and I smell great. No, yeah. never. No. Because everyone's trying, they're just banking yeah. on all the people trying right. it and yeah. seeing yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> they're making money on the first timers, that's yeah. for sure. Right. And my theory on why they don't work is because the stick doesn't actually apply a lot of product. You know, if you notice that, if you apply it and you're like kind of just wet after and, mm-hmm. it, and then it just yeah. kind of goes away within, you know, 10 minutes. So using, um, and a lot of these new brands now, what they're doing is they're, they're deodorant creams. So that would be like a Soapwalla or like a Schmitz or um, some of these that are like a thicker consistency. And when you apply them on your skin, they actually absorb and they're more, they create more of a barrier. Mm. And, and they're just more, they, they work far better, I find. Um, also, you kind of have to test out a few because everyone's a little bit different. And yeah. formulas kind of work differently on, on everyone. But there is a, a number of steps that you can do for that. There is going to be like a two-week transition period for most people if you are trying to get off antiperspirant. And there are some things you can do that really help that transition period. There, there's actually some studies out now that are showing 
that antiperspirant actually changes the bacteria on your skin. So again, going back to the whole microbiome thing and like healthy skin, healthy gut, um, your skin, it might actually seem like it smells worse because when you go off the bacteria or the bacteria, mm. the antiperspirant, um, the bacteria is like in full force and you really have to get your skin back to its natural mm-hmm. microbiome. Um, and so again, one of those reasons why antiperspirant really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been on, I've been using two. I can't remember like what the one is that I use. And then I use Piper Y. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Piper Y makes me smell a little bit like weed. So I avoid it <laughs> once in a while. It just depends on like the stick and it depends yeah. on like me. But I've sort of decided that I'm just a little smelly all the time now. Like I'm just like, meh, it's worth it. Like I'm just like, I'm <laughs> again, just gonna... I feel like, sorry, Cody, but I feel like now with everyone like, we were talking about like now everyone's wearing less makeup. I feel like now everyone's just a little yeah. bit smelly. Yeah. Less and it's, makeup. We're all really used to we it. We smell a little bit worse <laughs> and cool. we're all just accepting it as the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, but we smell a lot better than we used yeah. to smell like in the 1800s. That's for sure. So that is yeah. true. And depending on your time of month, whether you're, you know, menstruating, whether you're pregnant, whether you just started eating a whole lot of meat and sugar. Oh, meat's a big one. Yeah, yeah, and sugar. That can make your, you know, smell more or different. So your deodorant might just like stop working all of a sudden. And it could just be that, you know, it's hormones. It all comes down to hormones and microbiome. Yeah, and guys, I know the perfect coach for you when you're working on your hormones and your gut microbiome. It's me. So him, yeah. No, it's me. It's actually, I'm the microbiome professional here out of everyone. I was going to say like when your when your gut is not detoxifying well, you will smell worse because your skin isn't going to be detoxifying all of the things that it needs to. So it like goes hand in hand. It's like all of these things. We want to start with nutrition and then obviously like heal our gut microbiome, but also like put products on your face that are, because that's the piece that I miss. So it's like we all have, you just, so holistic. That's why it's holistic, right? Exactly. You have to do all the things. Yeah. So your guide that you can, that our um, listeners can purchase is all yeah. about the natural deodorant. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's the idea that, so um, if you are coming off of that antiperspirant and can be this kind of scary thing, um, like I waited probably years before I tried natural deodorant. Um it, it, it just kind of lays out exactly why you smell mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what you can do about it, basically. Um, and, and, and so there's certain things you can do that alleviate those, um, that transition period and help you um, get to like a, a good natural like equilibrium. Um, and also talks about you know, the products you, know, you can test out and ingredients to use and that sort of thing. Perfect. So where can they find that? So the antiperspirant detox guide is located in my, on my online store, which is at the cleanbeautyschool.com. Awesome. And if they, if they do live in Canada, they can purchase products from you, which is great. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I carry a whole range of products. I do carry the Miamio Tweet deodorant because that is a really big favorite of mine. Province Apothecary, as we had mentioned, um, brand called Continent, Graydon, ThinkSport. Yeah. All sorts of things. Awesome. And then do yes. you have an Instagram where they can catch you as well? I do. It's at Clean Beauty School. Nope, just at Clean Beauty School. At cleanbeautyschool.com. <laughs> yeah, no dot coms on Instagram. No, no. Um, yeah. And obviously if you're in the States, there's also, I do skincare consultations as well. So that's all online. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us today. I think we covered a wide variety of topics from like just skincare to pregnancy and stretch marks. So I think this is going to be really informative for our listeners. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. You're welcome. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to our episode with Shauna. Hopefully, you got some good skincare tips. And if you are trying to get pregnant, you know some more things that you can use to help you out throughout that skincare process or stuff that you're just going to have to sort of deal with. So hopefully you guys found some good information in there. We would love to hear your thoughts. So please reach out to us via Instagram or you can message us on Facebook. We'd love to talk to you guys more. And don't forget, we do have a Patreon account where you can help support the podcast and donate as little as $2 a month to cover some of the hard costs that go along with producing the show. We're also giving away her guide to uh, switching to natural deodorant, the detox guide that she has. We are giving away one of those on Instagram. So stay tuned. If you're listening to this episode, you can go on to our Instagram at Finding Your Shine Podcast, and you can get all the deets on that giveaway and how you can make the switch in a way that makes you less smelly and not like me and have rashes. (laughs) And you'll get that detox guide for free if you enter the giveaway. So yep, head on over to our Instagram and you'll learn more there. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. Bye.